0: Everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsey Hine. I'm your host, Lindsey. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 125, and I am talking with Kellen Taylor. I've wanted to have Kellen on the show for a really long time now, so I was super excited when she agreed to come on right off of her win at the Grandma's Marathon this past weekend. Kellen runs with Naz Elite under Coach Ben Rosario, and she runs for Hoka Ane Ane. You guys, it's called hoka ane I know, I thought it was Hoka-1-1 One One but Kellen schools me on that. She recently just ran a four-minute PR. She ran a 2.24.28 at the Grandma's Marathon this past weekend, setting a two-minute course record and making her the seventh fastest American woman marathoner of all time. I am so happy for Kellen. She's had a great career. She's had a successful career but she feels that this race really put her on the map to do great things. And, uh, before this, her PR was 228. So when you're talking sub 2:30 marathoner PRing by four minutes, that's crazy. Kellen started Boston this year. So she towed the line at Boston, had to drop out because of severe hypothermia and just eight weeks later ran the grandma's marathon. And we get to talk about what that transition and training looked like from her Boston build to being extremely fit to how she recovered and then went on to run grandma's. I'm just so happy for her that she got the redemption that she deserved. She worked so hard. Now, you guys can follow Kellen over on Instagram. She's K E L L Y N underscore Taylor. And you can follow her on Twitter as well. Same name, K E L L Y N underscore Taylor. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. I usually give updates on who's coming on the show, who I'm interviewing, and a little bit of behind the scenes with podcasting, uh, along with a healthy amount of videos of my family and my kids. If you guys haven't already joined our Facebook group, go over to Facebook and join us. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine group. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. That is a place where this community gets together, asks each other questions. I get to know my listeners a lot more through that platform, and I am very active in that group, and so I'd love to have you there. And if you're loving the show, I would appreciate a rating interview on iTunes. That is one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. So thank you so much, everybody who's already done so. It means the world to me. All right, you guys, I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Enjoy my conversation with Kellen Taylor. Well, welcome to the show, Kellen Taylor. I'm so excited to have you here. Congratulations on your grandma's win.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: You um you just had the most incredible race. I have a group of girls, like my runner girlfriends that we all text each other and like as soon as you finished, we had texts coming through. Oh, holy crap, did you see what Kellen just ran at Grandma's?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was stuff. Def- it was definitely a, a really good day. I think that it was everything that I was kind of hoping for, and then even then some, which doesn't ever happen for me, so.
0: Is that weird to think of, like, random women around the country texting each other saying, did you see what Kellen Taylor just did?
1: (laughs) It's it's a little weird,
0: but, you know, I think it kind of comes with the sport, so, you know, it's all good. (laughs) Well, let's talk about it, though, because you just said um, it was a day that doesn't normally kind of happen for you, so... I want to talk about why you said that, first of all. But let's tell everybody, you just ran Grandma's, was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday. Saturday, okay. You ran a 224.39. You set a 29. Course, 29? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I can't, like, add 10, 10 seconds. seconds. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> Even worse if I would have gone over to 225, though, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you set a course record by over two minutes and a four minute PR, which man, I mean, if I PR by four minutes, that would be a lot. But when you're running like sub two thirty and you PR by four minutes, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a big jump. And, you know, I think kind of the jump that we were looking for, for the last couple of years. And it finally kind of just came to fruition and happened.
0: And that made you the seventh fastest American woman marathoner of all time.
1: Yeah, that's, Insane to think about.
0: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay, so who are the only people ahead of you then? Joan, Shalane, Jordan,
1: Desi, Desi, wait, Desi? Desi.
0: Yeah, two twenty-one. Yeah. Dina. Um,
1: and then is it see. Kara?
0: Has Kara broken two twenty?
1: No, I just passed her. Okay,
0: um, let's I see. Can't, I can't. Wait, let me. I see. mean,
1: somebody amazing. I know that.
0: Somebody amazing. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let me. Let me go right. Amy. Amy! Okay, wait. Yeah. So we have Joni, Dina, Amy, Shalane, Desi, and Jordan. And you. Yep. There we go. Look at that list. Oh my gosh. What does that feel like?
1: Um, I feel kind of like an outcast. <laughs> uh, I feel like I don't really belong in there, but, you know, I think that hopefully it's kind of just preluding of what's to come. Um, I mean, the time is fantastic and it's super exciting. But if you look at that list of women, their accomplishments are incredible. Um, And I don't think that I've quite, I don't have those accolades yet. So I'm hoping that this time kind of um, slingshots me into getting some of those um, fantastic accolades.
0: Okay, so... Let's talk about that, though, because you kind of have mentioned that I think it was your post one of your post race interviews when you were you're sitting at a table and like a million people were asking you questions Um, (laughs) and you kind of felt like you'd been in that like, you know, 225, 226 shape for a while and it just hadn't happened. But like then you went and blew through that barrier. So what do you think it was that made it come to fruition at grandma's? You know, I think that it was kind of just having
1: my body cooperate on the day. Um, you know, we do, my training hasn't been a whole lot different from one segment to the next. Uh, my Boston segment was more mileage than I'd ever done and it was a little bit faster than I had done stuff. Um, but before that, everything was kind of the same and I was hitting the paces and my workouts always went well. And then race day would come and for whatever reason, it was always just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we kind of have this long line of having races that, are good. And if you're an outsider looking in, you'd be like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. But to myself, it certainly didn't hit the expectations that I had for myself.
0: Because you knew you were trained, that you were capable of much faster.
1: Yeah, exactly. The training indicated it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So where did you drop at Boston, by the way? Uh, Right before the halfway. um, Wellesley.
1: Wellesley. I was at Fire Station One. As fitting as that is,
0: right? Tell me about that day just a little bit. I mean, we know that like such a high percentage of the elite field just was so sick with hypothermia that you had to drop. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Um, oh, geez, the that day is just kind of like a whirlwind, like in the worst way possible. Um, you know, going into it, I think that, you know, like everybody else, we kind of had like, okay, just be tough. You know, like it's gonna kind of suck. That's obvious, but. Just be tough, grind through it, and hopefully you can come out and do something awesome. Um, but getting into the race and, like, even just from the very beginning, like, if you've seen any pictures from it, my face is, like, mm-hmm. frozen. Like, I can't, I I don't know. It was just a bizarre feeling that I can't even really describe fully. Um, but, yeah, my body just was shutting down, and I'd never been that cold in my life, which is so weird to say, considering that I'm from Wisconsin Yeah negative 30 degrees like you know I'm not unfamiliar with cold weather unable to run in it but I think with the rain the wind and then the cooler temperatures it just kind of was the perfect storm and my body just was not having it.
0: Yeah and you talked about like you were you felt like you are the kind of runner that could do really well in Boston because you could kind of Do well on the hills. So when you dropped, were you just like, shoot, that was my chance, or are you, were you like, when did you start thinking, all right, well, I'm in such good shape. When am I going to run another marathon?
1: Um, Well, right after I dropped and like was not freezing cold. So you know, a couple hours later, (laughs)
0: um,
1: I was just trying to figure out like, how can I try and capitalize on the fitness that I had but didn't get to use. Um, It's kind of a tricky thing to do, too, because you just went through a whole marathon segment, mm-hmm. um, exhausted your body fully, and then, you know, the only part that you didn't do was the second half part of the race. Um, so you're pretty exhausted any way you look at it. Um, but just trying to think of something that I could do. So I was first looking at the U.S. half champs, the U.S. 25K champs, and like those sounded okay, like something that I could do and maybe do well at, but they weren't really getting me excited. Um, and then coach Ben, he was like, Hey, let's, let's look at grandma's. What do you think about that? And I was like, okay. I mean, that actually gets me kind of excited. You know, it certainly would show my fitness what it was similar to Boston. Um, so that's kind of how we came up with grandma's.
0: So, because typically at your level, would you, you normally wouldn't choose a race like that cause you're going to choose one of the like majors, Right.
1: Most of the time, yeah. But it was it was definitely a neat experience.
0: Yeah, so tell me about it. I mean, you won by quite a lot. So did you have to run solo for most of the race? Did you have dudes you were running with? What did that look like? So we
1: started the race and we kind of formed into a pack immediately, like a few of the other elite women and then a couple of guys. Um, and there were two guys that were out in front of us and they were kind of dictating the pace, which I think is why it was a little bit faster than what We had originally planned on running, Um, but it felt fine, you know, as it should early in a race. Um, But, yeah, so it was that that pack, and then at about, I don't know, I think 14, maybe 15, we just kind of broke away, me and one other guy, and he was ahead of me by a little bit, and then he kind of looked back and fell back a little bit and was like, hey, I don't want to run by myself, and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to run by myself either. So we just kind of ran next to each other for, I'd say, probably five miles or so. And then he kind of fell off pace a little bit and I just kind of charged home.
0: So (laughs) tell me about once you decided to run grandma's, like how did you say I now need to like capitalize on this Boston fitness, but like also recover and also build back for grandma's because what was the time difference between the two?
1: It was eight weeks.
0: Okay. That's tricky. What did you guys do?
1: Um, Well, right after Boston, you know, my body was actually a little bit beat up, but not necessarily from the course. It was from shivering and being tense for as long as I was. Um, So I was sore. So I took, um, well, Ben told me to take the whole week off. I took like five days off and ran a couple of times. Um, But then the next week, we kind of built back in slowly where you run if you want to, don't if you don't want to. So maybe ran three times, four miles each time. And then kind of jumped back into training, but you know, 60, 70 miles, and then the next week, 80 miles. And then I think I peaked out mileage at 108, um, but most of my weeks were under 100. Um, and we only really did, we did a lot of faster, shorter stuff, mm-hmm. and we did three key like marathon workouts, one of which did not go well, mm-hmm. um, and then two that went very well. Was so it-, it, was, it was a weird segment.
0: Was it the first one that didn't go well? Yes. Yeah, and did it did it kind of, like, leave you doubting, or were you like, okay, like, I'm just going to try again?
1: Um, You know, it really didn't put a ton of doubt in my mind, because we hadn't released that I was running grandmas yet. Okay. And Ben was like, do you want me to release it? Like, let people know, because I just, you know, failed in a workout. And I was like, yeah, I want you to put it out. I'm going to run the race. <laughs> so... You know, I don't think I necessarily doubted myself. I just thought that there was like, there's something that wasn't clicking for whatever reason. And after that workout, I took a day off and then went and got my body worked on. And it turned out that like my hips were completely misaligned and like I just had some wonky stuff going on. And after I did that, everything was like engines fully firing and I was perfect. So I think that kind of played a big part in it
0: what were the other, what were the marathon specific workouts? Like what exactly did you do? Well, the
1: one that I did not finish was a new one. It was five, it was a five mile cut down, four mile, three mile, two mile, one mile, all with varying like recovery in between.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I got through the five mile, the four mile, and then two miles of the three mile. Um, so it was still a lot of work, but there was no way that I was finishing it. Um, And then there was a 15-mile steady state out on Lake Mary where we do most of our workouts. And I did that one, I think, in 540 average, which is the fastest that I've ever done. And then we did 2 by 6 mile. And I think that was 532 average and 531 maybe.
0: 2 by 6 mile. You're the second person that I've, like, at the elite level that I've talked to recently that that's like a a big, like, race preparation workout? Yeah,
1: that's one that we always do. Well, we didn't. We don't always do it. Um, when I did my first marathon segment for Houston, we did the two-by-six miles two weeks out, and that was, like, our last big workout. And then every marathon since then, with the exception of grandmas, we've done something different. Um, but Ben, I think, just kind of wanted to bring it back, and I don't know, I think that he thinks that it's a really good workout, and I agree with him. It's not always fun, but I think it's a good workout.
0: <laughs> Do you do it like 10 seconds slower than your goal marathon pace or faster? faster? That's what I meant to yeah, say. Either.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what he had on there.
0: Had on there so. 10 seconds faster. And then like with a, like a sort of recovery mile in between or what does that look like? Um, yeah, I think it was a full mile. A, a mile of just like easy but
1: keep it honest yeah. kind keep of honest. thing. I don't always keep it honest. I just jog.
0: What's your jog? Is it like seven minutes or seven thirty or eight minutes? Yeah, It'd be like seven thirty. Seven thirty. Okay. All right. So going into Grandma's, well, first of all, going into Boston, I mean, obviously, courses are completely different. In Boston, you're racing to podium. You're, you know, it's like you're kind of like your mindset's a little bit different. But in Grandma's, were you more so race? Like you kind of thought you could win it, and were more so racing for time. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that it was kind of a little bit of everything. I
1: went in and I wanted to win, I wanted to PR, and I wanted to set the course record. So, you know, I guess it's kind of similar to Boston. Like, you always want all three because that's, you know, the ideal situation. Um, And I think the course kind of, the grandma's course dictates that, I mean, it's possible to where you can get all three depending on the weather. Unfortunately, we had a really good weather day.
0: Yeah, because days leading up, they were kind of predicting rain. Were you like, are you serious? You know, I was
1: I was okay with it um, just because I knew it wasn't going to be like Boston. I was like, you know, I ran Boston, and <laughs> it definitely can't be worse than that. So I, whatever we were throwing, I was going to be fine. Um, I knew that I was going to finish, and that was kind of, I think, for me anyways, the biggest thing was just, like, getting out there, in finishing the race. Cause I really did not like that. I didn't finish Boston. Like that for me was the worst part was that I just didn't finish. I could have ran like three hours and, you know, like something that was completely off my goal, Yeah. but finishing I think would have been a big accomplishment. Um, but like I said, my body just wouldn't allow that to happen.
0: Yeah. It was interesting seeing people finishing. I mean, I, I always, I just, I just keep picturing over and over again, Molly Huddle finishing that race because I saw her on Boylston and she just was so just looked out of it, you know, and, and I don't know what she, I think she ran like a two fifty or something like that, but it was just like, it was insane.
1: Such a bizarre date. Like, I mean, I look at that and I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness I didn't finish. But yeah. You know, more for like my own pride, I wanted to. Right, Um, totally. But yeah, it definitely beat people up and like took so much out of them for such a, you know, like for so far from what they were looking to run.
0: Yeah, because if your body would have allowed you to continue, then do you think you would have been screwed to even try to race grandmas? Because you would have just like you would have done those extra thirteen miles.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know if we can ever really know that. I know that I probably would have tried to convince Ben, Ben, (laughs) but, you know, who knows what he would have said, so.
0: So going into grandma's, was 224 on your radar? I know 225, 226 was, but what, did you think that you would go below 225? I, it hadn't even crossed my mind, honestly. Really?
1: for me, the focus was, like, the course record and I was like, OK, well, if I have a great day, I think I can definitely get the course record because I think that's like 533 pace, um, which, you know, that's pretty speedy. So I thought that if it was all everything worked out, that's what I could run.
0: And you like demolished.
1: Yeah, I don't know what was going on. But
0: <laughs> at what point in the race did that come become a reality to you? You know, I honestly didn't know what I
1: was going to be finishing in, like, when I was coming into the last couple miles, I, like, I wasn't doing the math in my head, because I don't like math, first off, Um, (laughs) and I just wanted to be done, too, but I think that going into the last few miles, I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to run really fast, and that I'm going to do well, Um, but when I saw the clock, I was like, holy crap, like, okay, (laughs) I'll take that, so it was was a, a really nice surprise.
0: Do you run with a watch?
1: I did this time. I, uh, well, I guess I usually do run with a watch, but I don't ever do anything with it, so I don't know why I run with it. Um, but this one I actually split every single mile except for mile 25 and 26. Um, so that's kind of neat to actually see.
0: Yeah, so then you kind of had an idea. I mean, at what point did you know you were for sure gonna PR? Um,.
1: I mean, it's so hard to say in the marathon because yeah. you feel good until you don't feel good.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I think kind of like I said, like 22, 23, just, you know, barring disaster, I thought that I was going to be able to hold it and finish strong. And even if I didn't finish strong, I felt like, okay, well, you know, if I roll in and run a couple of six-minute miles, I'd still be just fine and I'd still PR. So that was kind of comforting to know, not that I wanted to do that. but right
0: gosh yeah four minutes that's a lot of time four minutes off your 228 it is a lot of time (laughs) so your daughter's always at the finish line of your races so tell me about when you cross are you looking for her like what is what are your thoughts as you cross at grandma's this year
1: um as i crossed i think i was like holy crap (laughs) (laughs) what just happened um (laughs) i think that was kind of the, the biggest biggest thought was like wow um And I still don't even know if it's really hit me because I'm like, I don't know. It was all right. But um, as I crossed, you know, my husband and my daughter, they, like, came around the corner and gave me a big hug and everything, and that was really exciting. And I watched some video that my sister's boyfriend had taken, and my daughter's in front, like, as I'm in front of him as I'm coming down the home stretch. And they say my name, and you just see her, like, with both arms in the air, like, Mm -hmm. jumping down. It was the, it's the cutest video ever. I mean, she, you don't see a whole lot of her, but like that was really special to me.
0: Yeah. And it, it is special. And you've talked about this a lot, like how your perseverance, um, even when you don't necessarily meet your goals is important for an encouragement to your daughter and to not give up. And I'm a mom too. And I think it's so important that like for our kids, they not only see us celebrating our successes, but also see how we're reacting you know, to our disappointments. Right. And she's been there for, like, your disappointing races and your big races. So do you think that has an effect on how you react? I mean, was she at Boston? She was at Boston.
1: She's actually the only family member that's been at every single one of my marathons. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that, obviously, what we do dictates how they're going to react in life to certain situations. So, you know, I think that she definitely saw the disappointment Um, but she also saw me gather myself and, you know, pick myself back up and start training again and like working towards a new goal and like, you know, not knowing, like there's so much unknown, like maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe it will work out, but you have to keep trying. And I think that she sees that and I think that it was good for her to finally see like something special happen because I had been plugging away for so long. And like, like I said, like I've had good, but I haven't really had great. And I think that was good for her to see.
0: Yeah. So exciting. Hey everybody, real quick, before I continue my conversation with Kellen, I want to thank a new sponsor for the podcast. And that is our bar. Our X bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. And as of recent, there are three new flavors, mango, pineapple, peanut butter, and berries and chocolate hazelnut. Also, RX Bar recently introduced RX Nut Butter, which is a brand new product. Made with the same core ingredients as RX Bar protein bars, the new nut butters include a base of nuts, egg whites, and dates giving you nine grams of clean protein. Available in honey cinnamon peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. Great on pretzels, fruit, or straight out of the convenient pouch while you're on the go. RX Bar's core ingredients do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds with no BS. No sugar added, no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. And egg white protein stands out as a source of protein that is easy for your body to absorb. We enjoy RX bars at our house. You know which of my kids likes it the most? Russell, my youngest. He loves the berry flavored ones, and I am so excited about that because I have a really hard time finding healthy good food especially protein that he will eat so i feel like a really good mom when i give him an rx bar and so he sticks with the berry flavors he likes those a lot so you guys listeners of the show for 25 percent off your first order and free shipping, visit rxbar.com slash Lindsay or enter promo code Lindsay at checkout. For a limited time, every order will receive free samples. Free sample offer ends June 30th. Again, for 25% off, go to rxbar.com slash Lindsay or use the promo code Lindsay at checkout. All right, guys. And I do also want to mention next Thursday, June 28th, At 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I am doing a Facebook Live on my Facebook page with Becky Wade. She wrote the book Run the World, which a lot of us listening and a lot of the people in my Facebook group uh, read that book together. So she's going to answer any and all questions we have for that in the Facebook Live Thursday, June 28th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So tune in and You can type in your questions live and we will answer them, or you can just post them in the Facebook group and I'll make sure I get to them. All right, guys, let's continue my conversation with Kellen Taylor. I think I first heard of you before the trials in 2016. It seems like it should have been sooner than that, but I remember reading an article in runner's world and then I was like, my money's on this girl. And um, then you ran the trials. Man, you qualified for the trials in the 5K, the 10K, and the, and the marathon. Yeah. Which is, like, really a wide variety of distances. And you got fourth at the 10K trials and and sixth in the marathon. So I like how honest you are, too. Like, in your post-race interviews after the 10, 10K, you were just like, yeah, fourth place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's it's true. It does. So you're there, but you're not. Do those places fire you up for 2020 or, you know, what's on your mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think every disappointment is kind of leading you to something great. And it's kind of fueling you um, to work harder or just keep pushing. You don't necessarily have to change anything you're doing. Just keep pushing. Just keep working towards your goals. And eventually, you know, I'm a pretty firm believer that it's going to turn out. It may not be like as soon as you want. And I don't know, it may not be like everything that you've dreamed of, but it'll work out in some form or another. And I think that, you know, grandma's was kind of my example of that. You know, just keep pressing on.
0: So what kind of confidence does grandma's and the 224 give you for the 2020 trials?
1: I mean, it gives me it gives me a lot more confidence. Um, I'm a pretty confident person to begin with. Like, I know that I'm capable of doing a lot more. But, man, American, marath- like, women's American marathoning is on fire right now. Yeah. Like, you know, I look at that top seven, and, like, so many of those women are still active and will probably be at the trials. So, you know, I already know, like, okay, well, shoot, you're still going to have to up your game even more because these women are already a couple of minutes ahead of you. Um, so it certainly gives me confidence, but I know that I still have a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, how do you mentally prepare for that knowing when you toe the line like you have a really good shot but like also so do six or seven other women
1: right um you know I think the biggest thing is just like believing that you belong and believing that you know you're capable and you deserve it just as much as the next person I think that when I ran in 2016 um and marathon trials like I kind of put myself out there and people were like, who the heck is this girl? What is she doing? And, you know, maybe they were right in thinking that. But I think that in order to do something special, you have to put
0: yourself out there.
1: And sometimes it's going to turn out and sometimes it's not. But you have to keep trying.
0: Well, yeah, and that really goes along with what you said about, like, you deserve to be there. Like, yeah, you didn't you run out in front for a while in the trials there? I did. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about. And, yeah, it's like, well, you deserve to be there. And you weren't necessarily surging. Everybody else kind of, like, backed up.
1: Right. Well, nobody wanted to lead because why would you want to lead?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you like, I got to I got to do this. I got to run my thing.
1: Right. Make it an honest race.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that I don't know from the outside looking in. sometimes we judge the women's marathoning in the elite field because we're like, they're just like packing up and running together. And they could probably run so much faster than this. When's somebody going to make a move? You know, do you yeah. f- do you okay. feel do you feel that? uh the women run like that, like pack up like that?
1: I think sometimes. Um, but I think that kind of goes with uh, most races, even the guys, you yeah. know, in chip style races. That's kind of how it goes a lot of the time. And, you know, I think that it's a super boring way to race.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and if I had, I mean, I guess I do have the opportunity to change that whenever I'm in those races. But. You also have to look at the outcome and, you know, sometimes that does make the most sense. Like if you're going into a race and you have the most speed and you can just sit and kick and be relaxed, then shoot, I guess, why not? Yeah. Uh, but it is a lot more fun to see like just who's the better runner, who's having the better day, have it, making it honest and just seeing how fast you can go, how much you can hurt.
0: Yeah. It was like, I think Meb in 2014 when he ran away with it, it's like he just got out and ran off early enough that he, he got far enough ahead of everybody that he ended up winning. And it's like, what would that race have turned out to be like, had he sat with the pack, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, you finish those races. And if you aren't one of the lucky ones that have your, a great day, I think you kind of wonder like, okay, well, what if, what if I would have taken the lead? What if we would have pressed harder? Um, would the outcome have been different? A lot of the time, probably. But it's kind of that's why it's nice to not not race like that, because then you just know like they were just better than you that day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be scary to get out there on your own and take that risk. So you talk about not being good at resting, like you don't like to nap and things like that. But have you have you changed that a little bit? I mean, I am not a napper, but I'm also not an elite athlete. Um, Mm. Are you napping these days? Not
1: really. (laughs) (laughs) Um i, I think I, i'm I'm good at just like lounging. I can do that,
0: yeah,
1: uh, but I like to have something going on. Um, you know, for Boston before Boston, I told the Boston segment. I had told Ben, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do like things right. I'm gonna nap and like do all that stuff, and you know, I think I got maybe two naps in the whole entire segment, so not a whole lot better on that front, but you know i'll I'll keep working on it maybe maybe here eventually.
0: Do you struggle falling asleep? Like that's my problem. I can't fall asleep during the day, no matter how exhausted I am.
1: No, I think that I definitely could fall asleep. I just feel like I have other things that I'd rather be doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what do you do when you lounge then?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know anything. (laughs) Sometimes I just waste my time on the computer or I write, write things or just watch a show. Um, or we have, I mean, we have five dogs and
0: Oh my gosh, you have five dogs.
1: Yeah, we have five dogs.
0: <laughs> I hear one of their little callers.
1: Oh, this I'm at my parents' house right now. Oh, so this yeah. Is we, their dog. we have one running around. Um, but yeah, I mean five dogs and six chickens, so <sighs> care, taking care of them also takes a decent amount of time. So
0: Yeah, you have chickens? We do. Oh that's so cool. Who's the poop cleaner upper? I always ask that question. <laughs> um I think we I think we
1: share it. Um just kind of depends how our schedules schedules are. I think that I've been doing it a little more lately, but my husband's definitely taken the brunt of it as well. So,
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. Five dogs. That's crazy. So tell me what a uh, recovery period for you looks like after a marathon, not, not after Boston to grandma's. Cause that was obviously uh, a different kind of circumstance, but generally like if you run, say you run New York this fall, like what would that look like uh, in your recovery? Um, so like right now, what am I doing? Is that you are? I guess, well, yeah, right now, because you're coming off grandma's.
1: Um, well, I'm in Wisconsin, basically, for most of the summer, because we okay. were here two weeks before grandma's, and then my daughter and I are here for another month. So, I mean, the first week after the marathon is basically just don't do anything, um, and I'm pretty I'm pretty good at that. I don't usually do anything. I'm not going hiking. I'm not riding my bike 20 miles a day or anything like that. Like, I seriously just take time off um, and Enjoy myself a little bit, so have a few drinks and, you know, eat a bunch of junk food, and then the next week I don't I don't actually know what this this one is. Um, usually it's like one week completely off, and then the next week, you kind of run a couple of times, and then you kind of just build back into your running. So I'll have like a week, week and a half off.
0: How do you maintain being injury free? Because I don't hear about you getting injured much. You know, I think I'm just lucky.
1: I wish I had like some great tips for you, but I I honestly don't Um, in terms of being um, proactive in recovery tools and methods. I don't really do a whole lot. I think that my body is just very strong and fortunately has led me to have a pretty injury free career.
0: Yeah, yeah. So one of my listeners, Kyle, he's from Wisconsin, and he says that you have a lot of fans in your home state. Mm-hmm. And he uh, says that sometimes you come back and run random like smaller 5Ks and 10Ks and wants to know how those kind of smaller races that aren't your goal races, like how do those play into the bigger picture of your training?
1: Um, honestly, they're just kind of fun. Um, I kind of come from when I first, after college, when I first started running professionally, I raced a lot, like two or or two to four times a month. So, you know, I was gone almost, almost every weekend and I really enjoyed just racing and, like, building my fitness that way. Um, now that I've started marathons, I really don't have that luxury so much. But, you know, it's still fun to kind of get out there and get to be a part of, I don't know, a, a different crowd, I guess. Um, a crowd that's at New York is definitely different than a crowd that's at, say, like, the Bell and Run in Wisconsin. Um, it's just a different group of people, and I feel like you can get, you can have more intimate conversations with people, mm-hmm. I so- I don't know. It's just a different experience, and it's kind of an experience that I really like.
0: You get a little hometown love there.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> nice.
0: Um, tell me about training with uh, the Northern Arizona Elite Group and and Ben being your coach. Like, when did you join them? What and what played into the decision to join that group?
1: Well, Northern Arizona Elite started I think in 2014, and we got sponsored by Hoka One One in 2015, kind of right after I ran my first marathon. And, really, the group just kind of formed um, after McMillan Elite dissipated.
0: Mm.
1: And it just kind of seemed like the most logical logical thing to do. Um, I talked to Ben beforehand, and, like, I liked his philosophy. Didn't really know if I wanted to be a marathoner quite then. But, you know, that's come and gone. Um, <laughs> but the team itself is, you know, it's. I think that it's very unique. Ben started the team with his own money and, like, his own vision and put so much time and effort into it that it's hard to think that he does he's not in it for the right reasons. Oh yeah. He really cares about us and about the team and just about six us succeeding, um, in being happy. So that's pretty special. And then obviously my teammates are fantastic. We have a fantastic group of women and men who are doing phenomenal right now. I think our team's had some really outstanding performances here lately. And, you know, it's nice to have Alephine and Steph to be able to train with who are obviously just as good as me, if not better, able to press each other in practice. And then, you know, on top of that, they're also just great people. So,
0: yeah. So you train, do you train with Stephanie Bruce?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, Unfortunately for Boston and grandmas, I kind of did a lot of stuff on my own just because you know, we were training for different things. But for New York, we got to do the whole entire segment together.
0: Oh, that's cool. I'm sure that you grow a lot in friendship as well when you do that.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's definitely a helpful, helpful situation when you have somebody that's kind of suffering with you at the same time.
0: (laughs) Suffering. Well, you just blew my mind because I've always said Hoka One One.
1: Oh, yeah. It's One One.
0: I mean, (laughs) Hello, people listening. Am I the only one that's always said Hoka One One? I mean, I literally have never heard it called that. I did not know.
1: Yep. I think a lot of people think that, so.
0: Wow. Okay, so your sponsorship through them came from the program? Um, originally
1: no. Okay. Originally I had my own contract. Um, but right now, yes, it's on the team.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I wondered about that because I I feel like I don't even want to say it because I feel so uncomfortable saying it now. Hoka I Yeah, think, it's different. Yeah, when you've been used to saying something one way for so long. I feel like that's a different uh, brand for road, road runners. I feel like I hear a lot of trail runners running for Hoka. Uh
1: huh. It's kind of a unique brand just in the sense that they have a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, they do do a lot of trail, and I think that primarily that's what they started as. Um, but once they signed our team, they started to develop, um, road shoes and now they have the flat, the tracer 2, which is what I race in. And it's a shoe that I really love. I mean, it's light and it's responsive and kind of does a little bit of everything that you needed to do. But yeah, they're even breaking into lifestyle now. So that's and so cool.
0: cool. All right, Kellen, what's next for you? Are you going to announce a fall marathon or are you just like waiting out to see how this recovery goes?
1: you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, when I was going into this year, it was kind of, I knew I wanted to run a fast marathon and then that would kind of, dic- if I did that, it would dictate what I did in the fall. Um, and I, I did that. So I don't, <laughs> I, I still kind of don't know. Um, I was kind of thinking I'm either going to do a fall one or not, which doesn't really help you out at all.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not sure though. Yeah, Just yeah, kinda, yeah. I'll see how I recover and feel going into my training so
0: well i have to ask you about being a firefighter because you're also a certified firefighter so tell me why you chose that career path and i mean what does that look like now i mean is that something you're like when i'm done running i want to pursue that full time what does that look like um
1: well you know going into grandma's i was actually i just had gotten booted out of the hiring process for the flagstaff fire department oh really Um, yeah unfortunately bummer i'm sorry (laughs) yeah it's all right you know learning experience Um, but the last two rounds, um, that they were hiring, I applied and the first round, I didn't get past the fitness test. The second round I beat the, I passed by like three minutes or something like that. Um, and then moved on to the interview portion of it and didn't get past that. But originally it was to get hired and then run and work at the same time. Um, now I don't know if that's necessarily possible um, because I'm going to be, if I were to have gotten hired right now, then I would have been done with my probationary period before the 2020 madness um, (laughs) because there's not a whole lot of flexibility when you're on your probationary period. So now I think I might have to wait until after 2020.
0: What what made you interested in that?
1: You know, honestly, I don't have like a fantastic story about that. It just (laughs) popped into my head one day. And I was like, okay, you know, this that's something that I could see myself doing and, like, being happy doing it for basically the duration of my working career. And one of my goals for life is to never have a job that I don't like. And with running, you know, check, that's good. And then I think with firefighting, that would certainly fit the bill. So it's something that I'm really excited about and very passionate about as well.
0: Yeah, you clearly want to do something that's physical in your life you don't want to be sitting at a desk
1: I definitely do not want to be sitting in a desk no.
0: <laughs> okay I have some end into the podcast questions I want to ask you okay what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet
1: I mean as cliche as it is for a runner but I want to make an Olympic team um you know just kind of cement myself inside of the books as being an accomplished marathoner um And then also, I just, I want to work full time as a firefighter as well. You know, I kind of want it all.
0: (laughs) Do you envision that 2020 trials race? Like, are you already envisioning yourself out there? I mean, kind of. I think that,
1: you know, it's going to be a race for the ages. So I definitely expect, I definitely expect myself to be up there in the back.
0: Yeah. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? I think, you know,
1: just kind of what I've always preached, like a setback is just an opportunity to come back stronger. You know, just because you're given a crummy circumstance, it doesn't mean that you can't pick yourself up and press on and do something great. That's
0: good. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: Um, I think I'd say grandma's now. Yeah. Um, But not just because I ran fast. Um, I think it would have been an accomplishment, probably the accomplishment that I'm most proud of anyways, um, even if it didn't go fantastic, just because this race was all about picking myself back up and, you know, proving that, you know, I can finish what I started, I guess, in a sense.
0: If you could have coffee or cocktail with anybody to learn from or just enjoy their presence or whatever, who would it be?
1: Um, you know, I, th- <laughs> I think I'd pick somebody that just has done a lot of good in the world. Um, so like Mother Teresa, somebody that's done some phenomenal things. And I think it would be neat to just kind of hear her point of view on things.
0: What's the best, most recent book you've read? Uh, Coach
1: Ben actually gave me a book called The Red Bandana. Um, and it's about a guy that was training to be a New York City firefighter. And he was in the, the World Trade Center um, on 9-11. And he ended up dying, trying saving a bunch of people. Um, it's really a pretty phenomenal book.
0: Oh, wow. Have you, Are you finished with it?
1: Yeah, I'm finished with it.
0: So had he read it and he just thought, oh, this is going to resonate with Kellen?
1: Yeah, I think so. He uh, put a little note in there like (laughs) saying that he uh, didn't want me to become a firefighter yet, but like saying like, I don't want you to get hired right now, but you know, that he supports me and my aspirations to become one.
0: Oh, that's so special. That's awesome. Um, All right, Kellen. Well, you're going to hang on for a couple Patreon questions, but Thank you so much for sharing your experience with all my listeners. And I know everybody, I can't tell you how many people requested. You have to get Kellen Taylor on right after grandma's.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Kellen, for sharing your story with us. Congratulations. We are all so excited for you. You guys can follow Kellen on social media kellen underscore Taylor and you can find me on social media i'm lindsay hine 626 on instagram lindsay hine on twitter and i'll have another podcast with lindsay hine on facebook make sure you join our facebook group you can find everything we talked about on the show notes at lindsayhine.com and i'll have links to the facebook group and all that as well over there if you'd like me to add you to my newsletter where I send out weekly show notes, you can email me, lindsay at and I will add you. I know that is like super non-efficient, but right now, that is what I'm choosing to do. So, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you anyway. And if you have a minute, I would appreciate it if you haven't already done so. If you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes or any podcast app wherever you listen, because it is one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. And I'm constantly trying to grow this show. Don't forget to check out RX Bar, our new sponsor of the show. Guys, go to rxbar.com slash Lindsay and use the promo code Lindsay to get 25% off your first order plus free shipping. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I have a lot of great episodes I've been backloading because this baby that I'm having, my fourth baby, is coming in just around seven weeks. So I'm trying to get a bunch of episodes recorded Ahead of time, so that I've got a little bit of a backload. I remember doing this with Russell too, you guys, and I actually remember recording several episodes with Russell as a newborn baby, as I was holding him. I would hold him during interviews at the at the beginning there. So it's fun to grow my family and grow this show with you at the same time, and kind of walk through this part of life with you guys. So I appreciate you being here and uh, being a part of this with me. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, If you're looking for more content from me and uh, bonus content from guests that have been on the show, you guys can support my work over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine, where I give monthly bonus content. And I'm starting a new thing where I ask additional questions to my guests at the end of their episodes. So you can get a little bit more of a deep dive with them. That's Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. Alright, you guys, have a great Friday, have a great weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.